Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. And thanks for joining us for another college baseball podcast powered by Louisville Slugger. There's power in numbers. I'm Mike Lanana, and I'm here with Teddy Cahill, the Cahillionaire, joining me today for this podcast. Uh, we do not have John Manuel with us today, so you'll just have to deal with us too. <laughs> uh, as you can see on BaseballAmerica.com, we have a brand new Top 25 this week, as is tradition. There was some moving and shaking, especially among SEC teams. There were some surprises this weekend, and you know, I think, Teddy, we, we want to jump right in with that, with the SEC uh, you know, we had uh, Mississippi State winning a big series at Texas A&M, uh, Florida winning a, a big series and moving up in our rankings, and then you have a couple of surprises with with Auburn and Kentucky both struggling this weekend. What did you make of the SEC slate? Well, it was it was pretty exciting this weekend. You know, you have the you know, like you mentioned, Mississippi State and, and Florida moving up in the rankings. They're now tied for first place in the SEC. They're they're the division leaders, Florida in the East, Mississippi State in the West. And then last week's division leaders were Auburn and Kentucky, and they lose to the last place teams in the two divisions. Uh, you know, Auburn losing the rivalry series to Alabama, and Kentucky losing to Georgia. And so what we have is a much different top of the SEC than we had last week. And, you know, I... I, I we all thought Florida was the team to beat in the SEC coming into the year. Mm-hmm. They were ranked that way. Um, and really, I think Florida has now won, they've now won nine games in a row, and I think they're playing like the team that we thought they could be coming into the year. The offense is clicking. Uh, they scored 24 runs this weekend against Ole Miss, which came into the weekend, leading the SEC in ERA. Obviously, Florida has the pitching and defense to go with that offense, mm-hmm. and the offense is healthier now than it has been in a while they got Jonathan India back this weekend. Dalton Guthrie's feeling better. And they've gotten some nice contributions from guys like Christian Hicks and Marcola Savari. And what all that means is that Florida now looks like this complete team that we expected it to be. And it's peaking at the right time. You know, we're going into May here. That's when you want to be hitting your stride. And, you know, Florida generally plays some younger players. Takes them a little while to, to you know, figure out their roles and round into shape and everything. And, the injuries kind of exacerbated some of that, but they're going now. And you know, as it looks, as it stands, they have the number four RPI in the country. That's the highest in the SEC. They look like they're in great shape to be a national seed again. And you know, the way they close with Alabama and then Kentucky, it lines up pretty well for them to potentially win the SEC outright. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have to go out and get it done, right. but you know, they're. Uh, they go to Alabama and they get Kentucky at home. So, uh, you know, I, I think the way they're playing right now, they can feel pretty good about themselves. Mississippi State can also feel great about themselves. The Bulldogs this weekend go to A&M. They lose the first game, 9-2 to on Thursday night, and then they bounce back and win the next two games. And what really impressed me was on Saturday, they won 4-3 to with the top four hitters in their lineup, which includes Jake Mangum and Brent Rooker. Uh, they went 0 for 16 with seven strikeouts, and Mississippi State still found a way. This is a team that's really, really banged up. We talk, I, I know I talk about this all the time, but they have like two dozen healthy players, maybe not even, um, and they still find a way. They found a way to win this series, 
when Connor Pilkington lost on Friday night, he's by far their, you know, their, he's their ace for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they lose with him on the mound, I guess, sorry, on Thursday night. And, and then they, you know, A&M, their pitching staff does a great job shutting down the top of the Bulldogs lineup in the series finale. And Mississippi State still finds a way. This team, it's just gritty. And yep. they just, they find a way to win. And, you know, I, I put them into the 8 for Omaha field this week. And logically, I don't know if that makes sense. But they just keep winning. And I, I don't know what to make of it, except that they are playing. They, they really believe in the way they're playing. And, and Andy Canazaro, in his first year, has them playing for each other, has them playing really, really well, despite all of the injuries that this team has suffered over the last year. They just go out and they keep winning games and winning SEC series. And, you know, why not? Why why not make a deep postseason <laughs> run like this? I mean, I, they don't have depth, but they haven't had depth for weeks, and they right. they're in first place. I I am very impressed by what the Bulldogs have done. <laughs> I couldn't really tell by <laughs> by your tone. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm impressed by what they've done too, and obviously, hats off to Andy Canizero for the job that he's done there in his first year and and building that culture there already. You know, having them play for each other. I mean, at that point when you're done when you're down to you know, two dozen players, like you said, I mean, it's either you fold or you you get stronger and they've gotten stronger and they've really rallied around that, it seems like. And obviously, I mean, they could be another injury or two away from being in real trouble, you know, so they're they're kind of skating on thin ice a little bit. But the fact that they do keep winning and obviously as deep into the season as we are right now, you know, they could they could go far, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. But certainly if they keep playing like they're playing right now, you know, I could see them in Omaha. Uh, so... We'll see. We'll see what they do, and then you know you mentioned Florida, and you know the, with their youth developing and, and hitting better, and it's almost to me it's kind of reminiscent of their team a couple years ago in 2015. They they kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, kind of struggled a little bit, and everyone's worrying a little bit, and then all of a sudden they they put the pieces together and they're in Omaha, and you know I think that really points to the job that coaching staff does in developing young players and as you said, you know, working young guys into games, especially on the pitching side with how they, you know, mix and match and and really just from a player development standpoint, they do a great job there and now you're seeing it, you know, come together for them in this final stretch run. So the SEC is certainly really interesting. I'm I'm curious to see the the series that I have circled this weekend is is Auburn and LSU. Uh, I think that's going to be, you know, with Auburn now coming off of this sweep against Alabama, LSU is is one game back of Mississippi State in the West now. You know, there's a chance here to to shake up the the West a little bit, maybe create some separation. Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes, but that that's the series that I've circled, and obviously we'll see if Kentucky, who now have has fallen behind Florida in the SEC East. We'll see if they can rebound. They're playing Tennessee this upcoming weekend at home, so it's a series you would expect for them to win before they face Florida. Well, it's also, I mean, that's an interesting series to look at. It, I think both of those teams kind of need that one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kentucky definitely needs it if they want to stay in the race uh, you know, for the East Division and, and for the overall lead. And But if you look at the back end of the SEC standings now, with Georgia and Alabama both winning series, um, you know, we kind of I think a lot of people had just written those two teams off as the two teams that weren't going to make it to Hoover and, and the SEC tournament this year. 
But now Georgia is sitting there with as many wins as Tennessee. They have two fewer losses because Tennessee uh, has had a couple of rainouts. But you know, all of a sudden things are much tighter at the back here. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you know Tennessee, Georgia closes. It's it's difficult the way Georgia closes. They have Mississippi State this weekend, and then they go to South Carolina. That's not easy. Um, you know, but Tennessee now has like. I mean, they got to feel Georgia at this point, breathing down their necks in, in the it, to to try and make the SEC tournament, and um, you know, so they need that series too this weekend. They can't afford to to go out and and, and lay an egg. Um, you know, they're they're coming off of you know the last two weekends they've split with uh, with Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Um, you know, it, it would be big for them if they could go out and and, and do something this weekend against Kentucky. Uh, you know, those three teams, you know, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Kentucky, they're all, they're all really solid teams. Tennessee can play with them and, and has proven they can play with them. But um, I think they'd probably feel a lot better if they uh, if they could get a little more, get some of this separation back between them and Georgia. For sure, for sure. And, you know, Missouri's got to feel both of them, too. And they're, they're seven games back and Georgia's two games behind them. Although, you know, they're hosting South Carolina this weekend, which obviously South Carolina is badly in need of a, a series win at they, this point. They just need anything. I mean, <laughs> yeah. six straight series in a row they've lost, many yeah. of them in heartbreaking fashion. You can add this weekend at LSU to that list. Like, it maybe it wasn't quite as bad as uh, what it was at Auburn uh, with the walk-off home run. But yeah. um, given, given the way uh, this, you know, Sunday's game unfolded, you know, I, that, that definitely – that def- they're going to feel that one, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, the SEC wasn't the only conference where you saw some shaking up in, in the standings. Uh, you know, we go to Conference USA where Southern Miss had a, a big series sweep against Florida Atlantic this weekend. That was a big Conference USA series. It was a chance for you know, Florida Atlantic, a team that's really on the bubble in, in terms of, you know, the NCAA tournament picture, a chance for them to, to make some noise and, you know, Southern Miss just didn't relent and uh, swept them. So they have a wider lead now in Conference USA. They're three games up on second place, Old Dominion, and four games up on FAU. And then you go to the American, which we talk about the American a lot because the American is just insane. And we went into this weekend with a five-way tie for first place. And finally, we have just a little separation, not a lot, not a lot. But we have a little South Florida who joined our top 25 last week, uh, took care of business this weekend. They have a one-game lead after sweeping ECU this weekend. And uh, for once, the the American team, the chosen one, the team that we brought into the top 25, didn't immediately drop a series and fall out. So I, we might we may have finally gotten it right this time <laughs> with South Florida. So. Those are some updates there on, on some conferences. Teddy, what, any thoughts what's on interesting about the um, uh, start with the American? What's interesting about South Florida now is they have finished their home schedule. They play the final two weeks all on the road. They've got eight games left. They're all on the road. So, you know, it, they're feeling good right now. I think that you know they've won they've won a few series in a row. They, they've really strung some some games together, but they've only played ten road games all year. Yeah, and now they're going to have to go almost double that. And we're gonna. They're six and four on the road this year. They've played. They played okay on the road, but we're really gonna find out whether they can win games and series on the road. Um, you know, it starts this week. They go to Gainesville on Tuesday, and um, you know, then they have Connecticut on the weekend. And those are not easy games. They're they're gonna face some really good pitching uh, in, in all four of those games. And 
um, they're going to have to be ready for it. But you know, if they if they can get through this weekend, I mean, I, I think you start feeling a lot better about um, them and, and their ability to win the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, they face Central Florida uh, on the final weekend. At the Second half of the uh, war on I four rivalry. Oh wow! Um, I didn't know that was the, the oh, official name. It's a it, thing. it is. Okay. It even has a trophy. I don't know if there's a baseball specific wow. trophy, but there's like a, wow. like they give points for like all the games that all the teams play throughout the year, and like there's a, this it's like this huge trophy. It's wow. It's a thing. But going back to Conference USA, um, not only did Southern Miss sweep FAU this weekend, and, and that was big for you know the conference standings, but with Auburn's loss, catastrophic loss uh, to Alabama, frankly, uh, Alabama was a sub-200 RPI team going into the weekend. Yeah. With that happening, Auburn's RPI plummeted, and that means that there's more room at the hosting table. Um and West Virginia also lost again this weekend. They played Texas Tech. I don't think it affected their RPI that much, but it doesn't look good for the conference standings. No. Um, so there's some there's some shakiness in, in the hosts, and Southern Miss is in a position to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. They're up to 19 in the RPI now. Uh, they're really bossing uh, Conference USA. You know, They have this three-game lead on Old Dominion. Theoretically, I guess they could... Uh, I don't think they can clinch this weekend because Old Dominion holds the head-to-head tiebreaker. But mm-hmm. you know they could conceivably win the league with a, a comfortable margin. And while they might not have you know the, this marquee non-conference series win, uh, if they have this a top twenty RPI and you know a sizable lead in a pretty good conference, you know they're going to get strong consideration from the committee to host. And um, you know right now I think it's fair to say that. That they might be hosting, uh, we haven't broken that down completely yet, but I, I think they they're right there uh, for one of these last couple host spots. Mm-hmm. And then further down the standings, Rice swept Charlotte, and that was huge for Rice because Rice is now in a seventh place tie uh, in, in the conference, and, and that means they go to the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trending very much in the right direction. Uh, they're still under five hundred overall, even though they have a RPI 57, so they'd really have to, they have a lot of work left to do to mm-hmm. make the tournament. I, I'm not sure an at-large bid is at, is possible, but they're trending in the right direction. They're going to get into the conference tournament or to end today, and you know that's a good position for the Owls to be in. Um, and Meanwhile, Charlotte, that uh, sweep plummeted their RPI, may have torpedoed their at-large chances. They're down to 75 now. Right. We see Louisiana Tech is... It's good for La Tech. Yeah. Because La Tech is now only a game behind Charlotte in the standings. They're in fifth place. They've got the RPI. They're in the top 40 in RPI. They've got a lot of good things going for them on their resume. Yeah. They just needed to get a little bit higher in the conference standings. They maybe still need to find a way to get ahead of Charlotte, but they're in great shape uh, as we go down the stretch, too. So a lot going on in Conference USA. It looks stationary because Southern mm-hmm. Miss is just continuing to roll. But if you look past them a little bit, there's there's a lot going on underneath the surface in that conference. Right. Speaking of conferences that look stationary, the Pac-12, <laughs> Oregon State, uh, they're just not going to be touched the, this year. I mean, they're 21 and three in conference. The magic number is down to two games. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, I think it's safe to say they have that wrapped up. 
But behind Oregon State, there's been there's been a lot of intrigue in the Pac-12. You know, uh, one of the main stories coming into this week was Arizona and what they had done the past couple of weekends. Um, they had been swept in back-to-back weekends against Utah and against Stanford. And, you know, a team that wasn't, you know, you're not pressing the panic button necessarily with them, even though I love pressing the panic button. You could have been after for, this weekend. For the, you could have been after this weekend. But they bounced back in a big way. They swept, a, you know, a very good Washington team. You know, that's not an easy thing to do, to, to sweep Washington, and, and they swept them. So it was a, it was a big bounce back for, for them. And then they're going into a non-conference series at Charleston this weekend coming up. So they have the chance to, you know, win a little bit more. Um, they evened up their Pac-12 record at, at 12-12, and 12, so that's a positive thing for them because they were under 500 in the Pac-12, and their RPI has, has gone back up to number 10. So, you know, if, if they finish strong, you know, they're a team that we didn't have them as a host in the last field of 64, but they, they remain in contention there just because their RPI is so good. You know, I, I, I think they will. Yeah. Um, you know, they've... Because there's no Pac-12 tournament, they still have three weekends left. They are on the road at Charleston, which is going to do nothing for their RPI. Uh, Charleston's 158. Um, so even playing three road games there. But when you're in the top 10, you really have to... Yeah. You are you have to do a lot to move your RPI already. Yeah. Um, so that's they're not going to get anything there. But then they have six games, Arizona State and Cal. Um, and they have four against Arizona State, actually, because they have a midweek. And they're all in the top 100. And those are winnable series. Arizona State's sitting at tenth in the the Pac-12. Cal is tied with Arizona for fourth, but you know you get them at home. Um, you know you got to feel like you can win that series on, uh, on the final weekend of the the regular season there. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know if you do that, you know you win these last two um, non-conference or conference series, you're looking at a pretty solid Pac-12 record, mm-hmm. uh, which. You know, you're looking at maybe being second or third in the conference uh, with the top 10 RPI mm-hmm. with a lot of other things that Arizona has going for it. And again, we're kind of looking for a couple hosts right now um, after what happened this weekend. It might be Arizona. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, it was a big turnaround weekend for them. They, they really needed this bounce back. Uh, and the Pac-12 records just look so strange because <laughs> you have Oregon State Say near twenty one and three. Yeah. Everyone else has at least eight losses. Yeah, it's it is <laughs> it is very strange, but it's it's for one, it's it's much stronger than it was last year. Uh, you know, I don't think there's there's any question there. I would say. I mean, it just starts with obviously Oregon State what they've done this year. But you know, you look at a team like UCLA, a team that's really trending in the right direction. Its RPI is up to fifty two now. Uh, swept USC at USC. This weekend had a, a series win against Cal Poly the weekend before, which Cal Poly was in that Big West race and still sort of in it, but um, lot, lost this weekend to first place Long Beach State. They have a series win against Stanford as well. Um, so they're a team that is is interesting to watch right now. They're tied for second with Stanford in the Pac-12. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. Stanford got a big midweek against Fullerton uh, yeah. coming up here. Um, Maybe not huge in terms of their at-large chances. I think UCLA is looking pretty good, but yeah, it's a nice little rivalry there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, that'll be a good one. And then they still have series remaining against Utah and at Oregon, which should be helpful for them RPI-wise as well if they take care of business. Um, and then you look at you look at Stanford. 
and Stanford is a team that moved into our top 10 this week. They've really been rolling of late. They had coming into this weekend, they had back-to-back sweeps at Oregon and against Arizona. And then this weekend, they win a series against Arizona State. Um, they've won, let's see, one, two, three, four, five straight Pac-12 series after getting swept against Oregon State, which, hey, that happens. <laughs> That's happened to a lot almost, of teams this almost year. Almost every right? team in the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so they're, they're looking really good. You know, they were a little shaky there for a bit, uh, briefly dropped out of our top 25, but they've come soaring right back up, and it, it seems like they're in good shape to uh, go out on a high note in the Marquez era. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, before they lost on Sunday, they'd won 11 in a row. It was the longest active winning streak in the country. Um, you know, they're into the top 10 at number 10. That's the, their highest ranking since the preseason 2013 rankings when they were number 9. Things are definitely moving in the right direction there, and, and it, they just keep rolling along. I mean, they're not doing anything particularly out of the ordinary, I, I don't feel like. It's just this is kind of the team... It, it, in some ways, it's not the team we expected them to be. It's it's they're hitting better than than I thought they would. Same, um, but they're uh, they're pitching well. They're and, and last year they led the country in fielding percentage. They're not going to lead the country in, in defense this year, but they again play very strong defense and they have solid pitching. And now they're hitting, and that is the recipe for a top ten team, basically. Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a dangerous team, no doubt about it. Yeah, no no doubt at all. No doubt at all. And, you know, sticking in the West, touched on this briefly, but the Big West, you know, Long Beach State is a, a big series this weekend against Cal Poly, you know, a chance for Cal Poly to, to catch up a bit with Long Beach State, who's been in first place, you know, really since the conference play began. They've, they've, they've been great in conference play uh, at 15-3. and three. And, uh, you know, Long Beach State just took care of business. I mean, Darren, Darren McGaughan, you know, his fourth complete game this year and second shutout in the Friday game. He's been unreal this year. He's really had a great year as their Friday guy. And, you know, they, they, just, have, they just have pitched well. They have enough offense as, as well. You know, they have, they have a physical lineup, um, a lot of guys who can swing it. And, you know, they're, they're really in good shape here to, to finish out strong. Uh, they play a non-conference series at Minnesota. This weekend, after that, they take on Hawaii, and then you know they finish the year with Cal State Fullerton, which of course anything can happen in that series. You know that could very well decide the conference. You know depending on what Cal State Fullerton and really what both teams do these next couple of weeks. But it seems like the Dirtbags are in very good shape right now on the top of the conference, and you know they continue to hold steady in our top ten as well. Yeah, the. Uh... The series this weekend was a big one for Poly. Like Poly needed, Cal Poly needed this series. Uh, you know they're still under 500 overall. Their mm-hmm. their RPIs on the wrong side of 100. They needed to win the automatic bid to to get in, and that needed to include winning a series at Blair Field. Um, and you know Long Beach able to you know go out and win the rubber game on Sunday. They they got a great pitching performance from McGawkin on Friday night. Uh, then Cal Poly got Spencer Howard really going on Saturday and, and he shut down what is a pretty solid Long Beach lineup. Um, Coach Troy Buckley told me that that Howard was as good as anyone they've faced recently. Um, but then they come right out on Sunday, they go out and, and they win the series and that's that's what you got to do and um, now Cal Poly is facing a steep steep climb in this and uh long beach state continuing to roll towards a a hosting spot continuing to roll towards a a big west title 
this weekend at Minnesota is a big series for them. Um, you know, it's a, it's another road series against a, a solid team, another chance to, to improve the, the overall tournament resume. And Minnesota really needs this one, too. They, they need some RPI help, which mm-hmm. Beach would provide. And they need to they they need to put a stamp you know a marquee series on their resume and, and that's what this weekend is so you know the Gophers are going to be ready for the dirt bags mm-hmm. um, you know Long Beach got to travel a ways to to get to Minas to get to Minneapolis and they're gonna they're gonna have to be ready when they get there uh, because the Gophers I'm sure are going to be ready to go but if Beach can get through this weekend get back home finish off the Big West schedule. You know they're they're looking pretty solid. Their RPI is only twenty five, but you know I I think they're going to be just fine for for hosting purposes as long as they continue to take care of business in the conference. Right, and and speaking of Minnesota, you know moving over to the Big Ten, we we had a change there as well in the top of the conference standings. Nebraska here has has emerged um, of late. It had a big series win this weekend against Rutgers. And has really played well. They they've won each of their last three series against Minnesota, Ohio State, and then Rutgers this weekend. And we, we saw them overtake Maryland in those standings. We have Michigan still in our rankings as well, uh, RPI number thirty six at this point. Uh, they're coming off a, a series win against rival Ohio State, and then Maryland dropped out of our top twenty five this week after a series loss at Illinois but still remains very much, obviously, in the at-large pitcher at uh, number 24 in the RPI. So what do you make of this moving and shaking? I know the Big Ten, you're, you're a big Big Ten guy. What, what do you make of the conference right now, and, and do you feel like Nebraska has a chance to hold on here as the top team? Well, it was a surprising series loss for Maryland in some ways. Um, you know, Illinois is not, you know, the came into the weekend at five and ten in the Big Ten. You know, this is not the Illini team that, you know, hosted a super regional. Um, right. You know, so Maryland really needed to go out and win this road series, but frankly, they haven't played very well on the road this year. They're really, really hard to beat in College Park and they just have not done much away from home. And mm-hmm. um, you know, that's really if they lose the Big Ten title, that's gonna be why. Um Nebraska now, though, they're just barely ahead of Maryland. They're, anyway, they're 12-5-1. Maryland's 14-7. and seven. By winning percentage, Nebraska is slightly ahead. They have a very manageable end to um, you know, the conference season here. They play Michigan State at home this weekend, and then they travel to last place Penn State on the final weekend. If they take care of business, they should feel pretty good about, themselves, about their chances to finish this finish this off and it would be their first Big Ten title mm-hmm. uh, when they moved into the conference I think a lot of people figured that they would be winning Big Ten title Big Ten baseball titles left and right mm-hmm. hasn't quite worked out that way uh, but now with two weekends left they are positioned very well to go out and win their first one behind those two teams the conference is still a little muddled here you know Michigan looks fine for an at-large bid. Indiana actually has the best RPI in the conference at 21. They're only in sixth place, though. <laughs> um, they probably need to improve that a little bit, but yeah. I mean, I think they're they should feel okay. They it would just behoove them to move up the standings a little bit. And again, the schedule should allow that to happen. 
although maybe at the expense of their RPI a little bit. They're at home this week against Penn State. Again, last place Penn State. And then they have Ohio State, which is in second to last place. So if Indiana can take care of business against those teams, they should move up in the standings and they can feel a lot better about their at-large chances if they can get into the top four, I guess, of the conference. Right. Um, In Minnesota, sitting at third, um, but with an RPI of 74. So like I mentioned before, they really need this weekend. They, They really... It's basically a must-win against the dirtbags um, for for Minnesota. I feel like because you know that RPI it needs some help, and you know the Gophers have some nice wins on their schedule, uh, but th- they really have nothing marquee. Mm-hmm. Long Beach would provide that. So, I, I mean, those are the teams that that it looks like are are competing here for for the at-large spots. I was sitting there at eighty-eight. The, it's probably too much work to do, left to be done for the Hawkeyes. Yeah. Um, but that's a solid team that if they can get on a run in the Big Ten tournament, you never know. It's an entertaining conference here at the top. It's a little confusing because of these ties that we have in here. Uh, yeah. You've got to do a little more math than uh-huh. uh, some of the other conferences because Nebraska has that tie against Indiana. But uh, the Cornhuskers are – have been looking really good the last few weeks. You know, we felt good about them coming into this season. Uh, somebody made them their Omaha sleeper pick. I don't know who that was. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling better about that now than I was, um, I don't know, two months ago. But they have the talent, and, you know, they just have to go out and take care of business these final two weekends to uh, to come out with a, a regular season title. Meanwhile, Minnesota is going to be... Pressing the panic button if <laughs> if they don't do damage against Long to beat states this weekend, so we'll keep track of that one and the entire conference, obviously, as we we put together our, our top twenty five next week. But you know, moving around, you know, usually we do talk a lot about the ACC on this podcast, just because it's obviously one of the stronger conferences. But this weekend in the ACC was actually you know pretty boring, Teddy. It was it was not it was, super fun. <laughs> it, it was just downright boring. And yeah. this is what happens when two of your top teams, North Carolina and Virginia, take finals breaks. Yeah. And several other teams, like Clemson, uh, play non-conference series. Um, so no, not not much not much movement here in here in the whole <laughs> ACC. But Louisville continues to roll. Yeah. They have they went 4-0 last week. They're now 42 and 6. They lead the country in wins. The Cardinals continue to be impressive. Oh, no doubt and Brendan McKay continues to be Brendan McKay, which is very good. Uh, he uh, on Friday, he threw 8 innings, gave up just one hit against Notre Dame and then on Sunday went 4 for 4, hit another home run. I mean, he's he's clicking on, on both sides right now for Louisville. Drew Ellis has been really good for them. Cade McClure pitched really well this weekend. They're rolling, and, you know, this series, the series you have to circle this weekend in the ACC and really in the country, one of the country's top uh, series this weekend is Louisville at Clemson, you know, because you have two teams that are, you know, Louisville's been, been rolling this whole time. Clemson had been rolling, but they're, they've struggled a little bit of late. They were swept at North Carolina, and then this weekend they they split the first of, of two games uh, against Nevada. Uh, they're winning right now uh, in the in the rubber game here on Monday. But still, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's a team that needs to figure it out. They're four games behind Louisville right now in the Atlantic. If they want to remain in that race, this is their chance to really make a statement and also to you know remain in the in the national seed discussion as well. 
I think it's almost must win from that perspective because yeah. um, you know if they if they were to lose this series, um, you know now they're absolutely they're the third of the ACC teams, and were they to lose this series, they'd fall even further behind UNC and Louisville. Yeah, um, their resume still includes a really nice RPI number, but the rest of it would be a little lacking. I feel like. Um, so this, it would really, really behoove them to find a way to beat Louisville, which no one has done yet this season in the <laughs> series. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be easy, but if Clemson can, can do that, they're right back in the, in the hunt for a national seed. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and then, you know, I, I mean, at this point, Louisville and North Carolina essentially have national seeds locked up. Yeah. I, I think yeah. both of them are, yeah, you, you can write them in already along with Oregon state. Right, right. And then, you know, if Virginia um, didn't play this weekend, they're, they're hosting Miami this weekend coming up, and then they're finishing at Georgia Tech. They're a team that's been trending up as well. Well, and, and like it's a must-win for Clemson, it's a must-win for Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami played Bethune this weekend. They won the series, but their RPI is 71. It, the did nothing. It did very little for them. It, it got them some wins, which was important. They're now sitting at 500 overall. Yeah. Uh, but they need the RPI boost that Virginia beating Virginia on the road could provide. Mm-hmm. Again, not going to be easy, but if they can do it, their RPI is going to shoot and just absolutely shoot up, and they might actually be in at large range if they can win this series. Right, and you know, and looking at Virginia, you know, conversely, on the other end of that. They're, they're up to number eight now in the RPI. You know, they're a team, you know, depending on what happens with Clemson, I mean, it's still kind of tough. I just tough. don't see it yeah. because they lost that series to Clemson. Yeah. And so even if Clemson loses the series to Louisville, presuming they, you know, win today and win their final series, they're still, they still got to be ahead of Virginia. No matter what, like, their RPI might fall a little bit behind, but, I mean, they're not going to... They're, they're two games ahead of Virginia in the uh, st- league standings right now. I, I just find it very difficult to believe that Virginia is going to be able to make up that ground. Right. If they do, it's going to be because they went on a tear in the ACC tournament. Right. Uh, you know, we can't forget that those, that stuff does matter. Yeah. Um, and it will give them an opportunity. But I, I think for Virginia to do it, it's going to have to require something that they did in Louisville. Right. At the very least, they've firm, firmed up their hosting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Resume. There's there's no doubt about that. But they're they're just an interesting team to watch at this point. Uh, I was I caught some of the the Wake Forest Boston College series this weekend, which you know really didn't have postseason implications necessarily. You know I think it was important for Wake Forest to to win a series after losing the Clemson series the, the weekend before. I yeah, saw their finals break. Right. It'd been a while since they'd won a series. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, Gavin Sheets homer twice on Friday. He's had a really, really nice year for them. He's been a, a, a big bat in the middle of the order, basically, you know, making up for the loss of, of Will Craig really in the middle of the lineup with what he's done. And, you know, talking to him after that game, I know, you know, this team very much wants to host a regional. It would mean a lot to them and, and, and certainly just for that program to, to be able to do that again. And, uh, you know, they've done a lot to that stadium. I had a, a tour of their new facilities down the third base line. It's certainly certainly very nice what they've done there. And, you know, obviously it would mean a lot to the Winston-Salem area and the, and the Wake Forest if they were to finish that off. And I know it's something that's, 
you know, in their in their sights is something that they want to do. You know, with that said, they got to finish strong. Uh, they have a series at Florida State this weekend, which is not going to be easy. Obviously, Florida State's very tough to beat in Tallahassee. And, you know, they're a team that has – they obviously they, they started at number two in our top 25 in the preseason and have slipped since then. But they're a team that seems to be obviously playing better and hitting their stride a little bit more of late. So we'll, we'll see how they finish off the year. I'm kind of curious about the Seminoles because they finish at Louisville, which is going to be obviously an extremely tough test for them. I don't think I'd drop must win on that one for Florida State the way I did with Miami and, and Clemson, but it's pretty close. It would really, really help them to win the series. You know, they're still sitting under 500 in the conference, um, which is okay. It's only one game under 500. Teams make the tournament with under 500 records yeah. in leagues like the ACC and the SEC, um, but they definitely can't afford another sweep at home mm-hmm. um i you know i i don't think they're playing better than they were when unc went in there and and yeah. forest is definitely not as good as unc but um if florida state can come out of this with a series win that would be very beneficial to them uh and, mm-hmm. and for wake like you said going down there winning the series it would be it'd be big for their hosting chances so it that's a little under the radar you mm-hmm. know it, it it's not certainly not going to you know, reach the the Clemson Louisville status mm-hmm. uh, or attention, but that is a series to watch this weekend. Absolutely, no doubt, no doubt. You talked about Wake Forest bouncing back, um, TCU this weekend. I thought bounced back very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they lost at Texas Tech, really tough uh, doubleheader sweep uh, in on Sunday last Sunday there, and. Um, they faced Texas this weekend back at home, and Texas had come into the rankings at 25, had been playing really well. TCU goes out, and they sweep the series, and um, Texas Tech had been a game behind TCU in the Big 12 standings. They won a series at West Virginia, but they did take a loss in the series finale, and now they're two games back. Both TCU and Texas Tech are down to just three conference games to play, so Texas Tech is... Probably, I mean, they're not out of it, but the magic number is pretty low there. Mm-hmm. The team that actually maybe has the best shot at catching TCU is Oklahoma. They play, they host TCU this weekend, mm-hmm. and then they still have another series. So they have six Big 12 games left. If they can find a way to beat TCU in Norman, um, they might be able to catch TCU while TCU is off on the West Coast playing a, a non-conference series against Cal. So it's interesting uh, the way the Big 12 might shake out. But if, um, if TCU can just go out, take care of business this weekend at Norman, uh, they'll be your Big 12 champions this year. And um, they're playing pretty well right now, uh, you know, aside from that, that awful day in <laughs> Lubbock. Uh, you know, they've, yeah. they've, they've been playing pretty well here for the last couple weeks. They, they won a couple uh, you know, walk-off games against, uh, against Texas this weekend, uh, showed some grit. Um, after they blew a, a pretty big lead on Friday night, they're they're still able to win that game, and then um, you know they they come out with a, a win in the series finale to finish off a sweep. Which I don't know if they knew at the time. Uh, I don't remember exactly when when these games ended, but it, it it's a huge win because West Virginia beat Texas Tech. Right, right, yeah, and and you look at West Virginia and and their team. I mean, we had them as as a we had them in as a host last week as a as a borderline kind of host and 
you know, I, I think you look at them now, you know, they've lost these three straight series in Big 12 play at Kansas State against Oklahoma and now against Texas Tech. The, you know, these last two at home, you know, I think uh, I think it's important for them to try to at least finish on a strong note. They're still they're still good in terms of RPI at number 13 and they have a non-conference week this weekend against Gardner-Webb, which isn't going to help their RPI at all. It's not going to do them any favors, but they do have uh, they end the season at Texas, which would be a nice series win for them. And obviously, Texas, uh, a team that was in our top twenty-five this week, you know, the same goes for them. Um, it, it's a it's a two-sided thing there. They need to bounce back. They, they're taking their finals this weekend, so they'll have a long break and they'll be rested before that. And then you know, looking further down in the Big Twelve, Oklahoma State is a team that that we had thought maybe had a run in them late, and then. Looking at them now, you know they lost two of three to Lamar this weekend, and their RPI is down to, to number sixty one. So. How have you not broken it out yet? Oh, what's that? Oh, the panic button. Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cowboys, but it's uh, the good news for them. The good if there's a silver lining, it's that they're going to have opportunities to build up their RPI these last couple of weekends because they have a series against Baylor who's still holding on at number 15 in the RPI and then uh, they'll, they'll play Oklahoma so they'll have those two series and, and then obviously you know they have the Big 12 tournament um, as an opportunity to, to build their resume a little bit but they're running out of time it's definitely panic button time for Oklahoma State right now it's a team that you know you thought you might have a run in them but they just haven't really gotten on it when they beat Texas Tech in Lubbock, I thought they were, you know, that they had figured things out. Right, I thought so too. It has not looked that way yeah. the last couple of weeks, and honestly, losing to Lamar might have torpedoed it. Like it, yeah. that, it's going to be tough uh, these these final two weeks. I mean, they have these series that, that will be beneficial, um, but especially that it, it's just going to be hard for them and. You know, maybe they've got it in them still. They still have talent. I still believe in them from that standpoint, but mm-hmm. it was a bad look this weekend. Um, but then Oklahoma, um, you know, you talked about West Virginia and the hosting race. Oklahoma's back in the mix for that, I would think. You know, they're sitting at 20 in the RPI. They're third in the Big 12. Again, they've, they close kind of tough here with TCU and then Oklahoma State, but they can do well in that you know they're right back in the mix um despite that you know pretty terrible stretch yeah. in the middle of the season when they uh when they're rather banged up but they're healthier now they got jake Irvin back and uh they've they've won some nice series here the last couple weekends the other team to watch out for in the big 12 is kansas uh which got its rpi up to 62 now mm-hmm. we're still hanging around on that edge they're at 500 in the conference uh, they got a nice win this week against Missouri State in the midweek. Yeah, you know, and then they uh, they went out and and swept Texas Southern, which probably means exactly nothing for them mm-hmm. uh, in terms of RPI. But it does give them a nice cushion in terms of record. They're now five games over five hundred. They don't have to worry about that at this point. So if they can go out, uh, win the series against Kansas State this weekend, uh, you know, or uh, it, you know their rival, um, then they close at Texas Tech, which is tough. Again, but it's going to be beneficial to the RPI to play three games at Texas Tech. 
then they can go to the Big 12 tournament not having to do a whole lot, potentially. Right. Um, they're probably going to have some work left to do. But I think the Jayhawks, the way they've been playing lately, they're um, they're making their case. And you talk to Big 12 coaches, and they're complimentary of Kansas. You know, they're a team. This isn't a fluky type of thing. You look at you know the, the series wins that they have on their resume. Uh, they have a series win against Texas. They have a series win against Oklahoma State at Oklahoma and, uh, you know, those, those all look good on their resume. If they can finish strong, I, I think if, if they could take that series against Texas Tech, which, like you said, it's easier said than done, you know, that, that's going to look really, really good for them. And if they win that series, I think that puts them over the top. Yeah, I think, I think so, too, um, because Texas Tech right now, the number three RPI team, I mean, the Kansas's RPI would certainly shoot up. And, yeah, I think at that point, they're, they're probably a no-doubt tournament team. But if they can just find a way to win a game, in yeah. love, just one game, I yeah. think they can go to the Big 12 tournament. I, I think going into the tournament, they'll be feeling okay about what they can do um, you know, to, to get into the tournament, that, that get into regionals. Um, but even, again, just taking the field three times in Lubbock is going to be beneficial. No doubt. For the RPI. No doubt. I'm going to make a very weird pivot here, but just because I'm really fascinated by this conference, and that's the Colonial... Athletic. That's a weird pivot. I know it is, but I don't. I don't see the relationship. But let's do it. There's. I'm doing it because why not? Because I, I just happen. I just happen to look at it, and, and the reason I want to talk about it is we had a shakeup there as well. Northeastern had been in first place, and then UNC Wilmington, a team that you know we had high expectations for coming into this Pre-season year. Preseason favorites. Yeah, exactly. They've really struggled this year. We were talking about <laughs> could this be the year that they. Burst through to Super Regionals. Yeah, and uh, it, it, they have not looked like the type of team to burst through Super Regionals up to this point. But, hey, uh, you know, watch out. Watch out for the Seahawks. They just swept Northeastern. Now they're tied for first in the conference with William & Mary. And now it gets to desperation time. You've got the, you've got the entire conference <laughs> pressing their panic buttons because... Because the highest RPI in this conference is 97. Oh, it's a one-bid league. It's a one-bid league. So, you know, the tournament is going to be a scratch and claw. It's going to be an anchorman-style fight out in the streets. It's going to be it's going to be insane. And uh, so, I just wanted to I just wanted to point that well, out. The other <laughs> interesting, I, it, it is interesting, and yeah. I actually wrote about the this in off the bat because I was interested by it too. William and Mary, you know, what you mentioned UNCW. Yeah, with Northeastern, William and Mary swept Charleston this weekend. Yeah, and you know that that's catapulted them into this first place tie. And now, William and Mary and Wilmington are the two teams that played in the conference tournament championship game a year ago, and now they're right back at the top of the conference standings. Um, whereas last year, when Wilmington lost that game, they were able to get into the tournament still as an at large. Again, that's not happening this year. But conference, you know, it, it's a little bit. I don't want to comp it to the American, absolutely, yeah. but it, it has a little bit of American feeling to it. Well, with how tight it is, I mean, yeah, that's you, what I'm you look at you look at Elon in sixth place, and they're two and a half games out. So it's really anybody's conference still at this point. So that that's a fun one to watch. You know, it's not necessarily you know, whereas the American is tight and also pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's also hard. tight and going to get like yeah, four bids. It's, it's hard. You can't really say the same about the CAA. I apologize, CAA, but it's the truth. I mean, just look at the numbers. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's still a fun one to watch, and uh, I, I certainly had fun watching it from afar, seeing what happened this weekend with, with that conference. But, 
you know, otherwise, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much about all the moving and shaking, unless there's anything else that you can think of. No, I you know, I think uh, it was it was an interesting weekend around college baseball, uh, especially in a couple of these conferences that like, like we talked about, and you know, I think uh, we're going to see the interesting aspect. Uh, or, or the interesting conference races changed this weekend. You know, I, it was a very light weekend in the ACC. I think the ACC is going to be a, a, a focus this weekend. Uh-oh. We have... John is making a guest appearance with his panic button. Uh-oh. Um, the, the ACC this weekend, I think, is going to be where more some of the more shakeups come. Um, but we're getting down to it. There are only two weekends left. Isn't three, that, if, three if you're in the Big West or the Pac-12. Is, isn't that crazy? It's absurd. It feels like it feels like this just started yesterday. It feels like this is our third podcast of the year. No, it doesn't. It, we've done a lot of podcasts. <laughs> it does not. That's a lie. We've done. Quite it is a few hard podcasts. to believe though that we're talking about conference tournaments being just two weeks. From yeah. to, started. They start two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. It's and, it's and this weekend, wild. the first regionals bid gets handed out the ivy league plays its championship series this weekend mm-hmm. penn goes to play yale in a three-game series and that'll be the first whoever wins that is the first team into the tournament we already are going to have a tournament team yeah it does not feel like it's time for that no it doesn't it it doesn't but uh now that i'm thinking about it i already am, am picturing the stake in omaha in my mind my mouth is watering i think i, I am not i think well i know you're not but i think <laughs> i think it's mostly because it's, it's around lunchtime here in Durham, North Carolina, on the East Coast, and I, I think I'm just very hungry. But it's been a great podcast, Teddy. I've I've enjoyed having you on here. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed John's interruption five minutes ago with the panic button. I enjoyed pressing the panic button. There was a lot of enjoyment to be had in this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to us blabble on for a while. Thanks for listening as always, and thanks to Louisville Slugger for sponsoring us. I've been Mike Lanana with Teddy Cahill. Talk to you guys next week. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.